Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is clear if you read the Bible that you will see Jesus is a disruptor. And the claims that he makes, they reach all the way to the core of our being. He even claims that he is the Son of God and that we, all people, are created through him. And even more than that, this Jesus claims that we, that where we spend eternity depends on whether or not we know him. He claims that we are sinners. And, we, and he also claims that he died for us sinners. And by his sinless life, his death on a cross, and by his resurrection from the dead, he gives to us eternal life in heaven. He claims that if we reject his work, that he will say on the last day, depart from me, I never knew you. And that we will be cast into the place where he claims there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus actually says in a prayer to the Heavenly Father, he actually says, this is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. These are bold claims. If the claims are untrue, then Jesus cannot be a good person. He is either telling the truth, or this guy is a liar, or a lunatic, a megalomaniac. Nobody normal makes these claims. He claims he is God. If they are true, then we need to submit to his word. Or pretend that he is a liar and hope for the best. Or admit that he is God, but try to fool ourselves into believing that, that fighting for the short time, fighting against him for the short time that we are alive, is worth being separated from him for eternity. Now it may seem obvious that the best thing to do is to submit to Jesus when the options are laid out in this biased way. But on a day-to-day -day basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, we often act, myself included, like the chief priests and elders in our text acted. They saw Jesus firsthand claiming to be God's son. In fact, that's why they killed him. And they saw Jesus overturning their tables in the temple like a crazy person, they would have said. And they, and they saw Jesus claimed that they were the ones who were stealing from everybody, these religious leaders. And they saw people gathering around Jesus to hear the scriptures in larger and larger crowds. And they noticed that these crowds were going away from them. 
They also noticed that Jesus said, hey, you need me too. And even though they thought they were special on their own accord, without his work, and they weren't ready to admit that what Jesus was claiming was true. Do we, do we ever think that we are special? Do we ever think that God needs us? I used to think God needed me, and sometimes I still act like it. Do we ever think that we deserve good things in this life, and when we don't, that God's not being fair? This is how the chief priests and the, el and the elders acted. They refused to see their need for Jesus. In fact, they wanted to prove him out so bad, so badly. They wanted to prove him that he was a liar. They wanted to catch him in a lie. They wanted to prove he was crazy. And so they followed him along. They sent people to challenge him left and right. And I have met many people, many people, that wanted Jesus to be a liar or a lunatic in my life. And they all, we always do this because we don't like the claims that he's making on our life. Have we ever tried to pretend that what Jesus said doesn't really apply to me? I have. Do we ever pretend that some passages in his word, protect, particularly those passages that make us like, oh, I wish he wouldn't have said that. Do we pretend like those passages aren't there? Passages that convict us for the positions that we hold on hot button issues of the day. Something to think about. In our gospel today, Jesus enters the temple in Jerusalem and he begins teaching the people as he did every day on that last week of his life, the week of the Passion. And as he teaches, he is challenged by the chief priests and the elders. As he is teaching, they come up to the front and they say, by what authority are you doing these things? And you can almost see them standing between the crowd and Jesus looking for a ooh <laughs> to go across the crowd. They, they wanted to show that this Jesus who said that he came to fulfill the law, they wanted to see the embarrassed look in this Jesus' face. They wanted to see him cower back. They wanted to see him scared. They wanted to have that gotcha moment. They wanted to show the crowd, hey, this is nothing more than a liar, a crazy person. Now come back to us. We deserve that attention you've been giving to him. But Jesus was not startled as we would be by their question. Nor did he give any hint that their question was off limits. That's the beautiful thing. It should be noted that it is not off limits to ask questions to God or His church. It is not off limits. 
But when a question is asked of God, it should be not be given in the hopes of shutting him up. Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John had been nagging them since the beginning for three years. The baptism of John, where did it come from? From heaven or from man? With this question, God is asking them to honestly evaluate the evidence in order to arrive at the truth. Now this may seem like a gotcha question, but right back at you. But, remember the Old Testament lesson said this, Why will you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. Turn and live. I want to give you forgiveness. I bled and died to give you forgiveness. It's what you need. It's what I want to give you. And this is for all people, even those chief teachers and elders. And here's how they answer Jesus' question. They discussed it among themselves, saying, well, if we say from heaven, he's going to say to us, well, why didn't you believe John then? If we say from man, then he's going to say to us, if we, if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd. Because they all hold that he was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, well, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, and neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. They never really considered the truthfulness to Jesus' claim in their life. They never asked, could this be true? Did you see what they did? They sought to preserve their self, their way of life. I can't let this be true, so it's not even an option. I'm not going to consider it. I'm rich right now, and they were rich. I can't afford to lose all my money. I'm respected right now. I can't afford to lose this respect and good standing I have with the people. It can't be true. I, you know what? It doesn't matter. They considered what the people would say. They considered, oh, well, then he's going to get me if I answer this way. They didn't care if it was true or not. They had their position. They had their mind made up. I'm going to do, like my son always says, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> and that's where they were. I don't need any God over top of me is basically the answer. Well, just because you wish he wasn't there doesn't make him disappear. Luke 7 says that these teachers of the law rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by John. What was God's will for their life? John was preaching a baptism of repentance for what purpose? Does anybody know? 
For the... Somebody. For the forgiveness of sins. They didn't want forgiveness of sins. Why are you here? I'm here because I, I need forgiveness of sins. But they reject, and God wants to give it. But they rejected God's purpose for their life, which was to forgive them by not consenting to this baptism. Jesus continues, what do you think? A man had two sons and he lost the, and he went to the first son and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I will go, sir. But he never went. Which of these two did the will of his father? And they said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, the guys they despised, they go to heaven before you do. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they believed him, and they received that baptism. And even when you saw it, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the chief priests and the elders, they saw it. Even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your mind and believe him. I'm not going to do what all the low people do. I'm up here on this level. That's what the chief priests and elders were thinking. I'm not like them. I, I haven't sold myself for money. Haven't you? I haven't taken money, things that weren't mine. Haven't you? Haven't I? The thing is, we're all on the same level when it comes to Jesus. Every single one. The richest person in this room, the poorest person in this room. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been. It doesn't matter. You could be in the lowest places. I always tell, I always tell people, don't let what you've done on Saturday keep you from coming to church on Sunday and receiving the love of God that He still has for you. Even though, yes, you went there. You shouldn't have, but you did. It hasn't stopped Him from loving you. He still wants to give you what you need. Pharisees and Sadducees were really like the second son that said they would follow but never really did. They didn't want the people, God, or even themselves to know that they weren't keeping their word. Isn't it funny? They lied to God. They lied to the other people. They even lied to themselves. Fool, trying to fool themselves into thinking, hey, I'm really, I'm something. They lied to fool God. 
Is there any area in your life where you are lying to others, to God, or to yourself? I pray that you would forget about saving face. It's not worth it. Recognize the truth of Jesus' claims in your life. They dig deep. It's uncomfortable. Jesus says that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting to the very heart of bone and marrow, I think is what it says. You can look it up in Hebrews. It's uncomfortable. And I pray that you would be brought to the place you never thought that your pastor would say this. But I pray that God's word would bring you to the same place of the prostitutes and the tax collectors. That you would receive Jesus' work with joy instead of pretending like you don't need it. If you're struggling with a sin, don't pretend you're not. Our Lord has given us gifts to take care of it. I always like to tell people, don't try to hide it. Just say, Jesus, I found more. (laughs) And I don't know how to get rid of it. I need you. Help me. And he says, I've provided gifts for you. Confession, absolution. The Lord's Supper, baptism. He desires to give you what you need. He doesn't want that ruling your life. We want to stand in the light of God's word no matter what it costs. For the truth, truth is always better than a lie. Even when truth hurts. And guys, it sometimes hurts. I've been there. I'm I'm there. Jesus says, if you are my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I love this part. And if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. I pray that by His Spirit, everyone here and everyone listening would abide in the truth until that day that Jesus returns. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.